Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Anthony C. Ferrante, director of Sharknado. Hi, this is the voice of BattleBots, Mark Biro. This is Seth Shostak, senior astronomer at the SETI Institute. Hello, my name is Matt Simon. I am a science writer at Wired Magazine and author of the new book, The Wasp That Brainwashed the Caterpillar. This is Frank Joseph. I'm the author of an essay in the latest book, Lost Secrets of the Gods. Hi, this is Linda Godfrey, author of American Monsters. Hello, my name is Robert Solis. I'm the author of Unidentified, the UFO Phenomenon. Hi, this is Nick Redfern, the author of Close Encounters of the Fatal Kind. Hi, my name is Bob Luca. And my name is Betty Andreessen Luca. Hi, this is Jesse Krupus, the producer of JFK, The Smoking Gun. Hello, this is Marty Langford. I'm the director of Doom, the untold story of Roger Corman's The Fantastic Four. Hi, this is Kevin Randall, author of Alien Mysteries, Conspiracies, and Cover-Up. Hi, this is Tracy Roberts, founder of Positive Statistics. I'm Jeremiah Bomek, the producer of The Real of Horror. Hi, my name is Bill Hall, author of The World's Most Haunted House. Hi, this is Micah Hanks, and I'm the author of the book The Ghost Rockets. And you're listening to Emmy on the Graveyard Shift Talk Show, blogtalkradio.com. the Graveyard Shift talk show, the greatest talk show that ever has been, is, or ever will be. Tonight is February 25th, 2017. This is Season 8, Episode 7. Gentlemen, we have the technology. The show can be upgraded. Sorry, I didn't have time to make a custom recording of that because I just thought of the title, being honest. But guess what? I bet right now you guys must be like, oh my god, Emmy. Sounds amazing. 
Well, first of all, shame on you. I've always sounded amazing. And second of all, yes, I do. Thank you very much. Now, for those of you that are watching over on Bid Chat, our live video feed that's on at the same time as we are on Blog Talk, you can probably see my nifty little microphone. This right here. Look, here. Hear that? Now, I know one of my friends are probably cringing right now. Oh, my God, Emmy, what are you doing to your microphone? I'm actually not really doing anything to it. I'm kind of just doing that. I'm just touching the little metal part that's not part of the actual sensitive part of the mic. So anyway, um, this mic, I, I just, I'm sorry, but I'm going to talk about my technology. So if that bored you, oh, well. Um, oh, actually, and before I do that, I want to let you guys know, as always, this is an interactive show. It's always meant to be. It was, excuse me, it was always meant to be and always will be an interactive show. So if you would like to interact with me, your illustrious host, I encourage it. In fact, I welcome it. You can do this one of many ways. If you're listening to us on Blog Talk, you can actually, there should be a link that you can connect to me via Skype. Or you should, uh, if you have a landline and you want to do it that way, you can actually call uh, area code eight. Uh, excuse me, area code 347-237-5187. That's area code 237, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm saying this wrong. Area code 347-237-5187. Or another way to interact with me is if you are uh, on bid chat, you can click that little bid button and boop, you will be able to actually see yourself talking to me live and you and you can you can ask yourself well emmy what am i going to talk to you about well there's a lot of stuff you can talk to me about this show is about for those of you who are not aware apparently we have a lot of new fans that come into our show every week so for those of you that are not aware what this show is about it's really about a wide variety of topics okay uh i talk about current news and events pop culture geek culture uh anime comics gaming um all kinds of stuff. I do celebrity guest interviews on occasion when I, when they're available, they haven't really, you know, they're very busy. A lot of these people. So sometimes they're just not available and sometimes they are. Um, I also do, of course, talk about the paranormal because that's what this show started as this show. That's why it was called. It's called the graveyard shift because we began this show as a show about the paranormal and it just, I'm never going to let that go. I mean, that's always going to be a part of it because that's what we started out. So if you guys have any stories uh, of your hometown, something that's weird, maybe in your own house or apartment or wherever you live or someone you know that's going through something really strange and you just want to talk about it, or if you, if you want to talk about a previous episode, like apparently our Mandela Effect um, episodes have been insanely popular. So I'm very open to talking about that. I'm always open to talking about Mandela Effect. If you guys know of any new ones or if you want to talk about old ones. So you can see there's a, there is a plethora of stuff you can chat with me about. I don't mind it one bit. Anyway, those are the ways you can do that. Moving on. Moving on. I want to talk to you about this cool technology. So first and foremost, I want to introduce you to my little buddy here. Um, it's my Blue Sparks microphone. I'm going to lift it up a little bit and see if you can see it. Here we go. Oh, okay. Maybe not. Maybe I won't lift it up. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. See, there you go. I don't want to mess it up too much. So anyway, that's my Blue Sparks um, microphone. There you go. And um, I also have, which I'm afraid to touch it right now because I don't want to mess it up, but 
It's a Focusrite brand name audio interface. And that allows me to sound like this. So clear that I can just talk to you. Hey, baby, what's up, baby? You know, like that. And you can hear me so smooth like I'm in a ah, radio station. I miss this. I miss being able to hear myself live. And, you know, of course, I got these nifty headphones, Audio-Technica. I like them. I know some people don't, but whatever. So there you have it. I am so happy with this purchase. I think it's a great, great tool. If you are serious about podcasting or if you're serious about making it in this business, you have to push out the big bucks and get this stuff. Because if you don't, you can still do the stuff. I mean, I did my show, but you could see how many issues I was having. I was having a ton of, a ton of problems doing my show. Um, so anyway, there you have it. Well, excuse me. All right, so moving on, and I, I truly, I really hope you guys can actually hear me. I'm going to, um, what I'm going to do is I am going to open a window and see if I can actually hear myself. I hope I can. Oof, that would be embarrassing if I was talking this entire time and I actually could not hear myself. So here we go. See if I am actually coming through. <laughs> Oh, perfect. Good. Okay. Uh, I'm sure you guys probably heard that just then. That was me playing, you know, the. or anyway, it doesn't matter. All right. So you guys want to hear news or you do want to hear me talk about stuff that doesn't make any sense? Let's hear news. First and foremost. Now we all know who the president of the United States is. Donald Trump, right? Duh. Well, for those of you that don't know, I'm sorry. Yeah. Big news. He's president. Well, it turns out the Democrats have just elected a new leader of their party. Former Labor Secretary Tom Perez has been elected as chairman of the DNC today, Saturday. Um, he is a veteran of the Obama administration, and basically they picked him on the second round of voting over U.S. Representative Keith Ellison, who was a liberal from Minnesota. It was a very crowded and competitive party leadership election one of the most in decades. Many say that Perez faces a challenge in unifying and rejuvenating a party that's still hurt from the November 8th loss uh, of Democratic candidate Hillary Clinton. Um, and by the way, after he was elected, he immediately made Ellison his deputy. So, um, you know, he was quoted as saying, we are suffering from a crisis of confidence, a crisis of relevance. Um, he promised to lead the fight against Trump and change the DNC's culture to make it a more grassroots operation. And that should be an interesting uh, challenge for him. Perez himself is the son of Dominican immigrants, was considered a potential running mate for Clinton, oh, and he overcame a strong challenge from Ellison and prevailed on a 235 to 200 second round vote. Ellison, who is the first Muslim elected to the U.S. Congress, was backed by liberal U.S. Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont. So there you have it. So congratulations, um, Senator Perez, um, you know, and to all of our liberal fans out there, I hope you're happy with this pick. If you're not, let me know. It's another thing you can talk to me about, right? Okay. So that's basically the only non weird news that I'm going to have today <laughs> because I don't usually, well, I know sometimes I do, but not tonight. Okay. 
So speaking of like uh, politics and, uh, you know, going on to business here, how many of you out there play the, the game Monopoly? Because I know I do. Well, I got some big bad news for you guys. I really do. One of the famous pieces is not going to make it. Yep, one of the board, one of the tokens, the ones that the player tokens that you use to move around the board, it's being taken out. And just so you know, it's one of the, you know what? I'm not going to tell you until later. I'm going to keep you in suspense. And I tell you what, I'm going to motivate you to call in or bid to cast your vote to see who, which one you think is going to do it. So right now, I'm going to get on Facebook. I'm going to let them know to come in. Bid call in to, uh, to cast your vote for which Monopoly player token. Taken out. Is it us? Wait. Listen to us live now on Blog Talk. Watch live on Bid Chat. Your shift. This is what happens when I don't have my crew with me. The way I used to. All right, so there you go. And I'm going to share this on our group page. One second here. Graveyard Shift Talk Show. By the way, those of you that don't know, we have a group talk, a fan group page on Facebook. All you have to do is go to Facebook.com. My page is Facebook.com slash Emmy Shogun. But if you don't want, and you can always add me as a friend as long as I'm, you know, haven't reached a friend limit, which I know I'm pretty sure I'm close to it. But if you haven't, or if you don't want to or whatever, you want to join just the, the talk show group, you can look for Graveyard Shift. Just make sure it's the right one because I, I think there's several on there. So anyway, I just did that. Uh, okay, now I'm going to go on our Twitter feed, which is Emmy Shift Show. For those of you that are not aware. What the heck? Why aren't you aware? Okay. There we go. Okay. Monopoly token. This with Twitter. Got to be careful how many you put. Okay. So there you go. So now you have your chance. I'm not going to say anything until close to the end of the show to reveal what token is being taken out, taken out of Monopoly. It is major news for all of you that are, you know, I mean, this is, this is our childhood here that they're messing with. So which player token of Monopoly is being removed indefinitely. Call in. You can reach us on Skype by going to blogtalkradio.com slash the graveyard shift, or you can bid on bid chat. So there you go. And if you don't, oh, well, then you're going to have to wait. All right. So speaking of babies, I was just talking about babies. Wasn't I just talking about babies? No, I wasn't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm so terrible. You know, whenever a zoo welcomes an animal, they make a big deal about it, right? Especially if it's like a, like a really rare animal or something. Well, you know, of course, of course, you know, this particular zoo in Atlanta welcomed this new baby. And they're naming the new baby um, um, 
Tom Brady. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm not joking. This is real. They're naming this new baby animal Tom Brady, which for those of you who are living in a cave and have no idea what anything is, uh, who is the MVP of the Super Bowl. And he also plays for, geez, who does he play for? Oh, yeah, yeah, the New England Patriots. And Oh, wait, what? What was that? What animal? You, oh, okay, well, uh, it's a baby Madagascar hissing cockroach. I'm not making this up. Now, um, <laughs> quoting from one of the zoo representatives, they said, figuring the losing side would be pretty bitter about it. We came to the agreement that baby animal that would be named after Tom Brady would be a Madagascar hissing cockroach. And there you have it. And they, they put it on their Instagram. You can follow it. Just look up zoo Atlanta. It's the Madagascar hissing cockroach is one of the largest species of roach growing up to seven centimeters. That's three inches for our friends in the metric system. Um, These roaches are found inside of rotting logs and some people believe it or not, keep them as pets. I mean, you know, I just hope all I know is whatever you're doing, whatever you're feeding this roach, make sure it's probably properly inflated. That's all I'm saying. Okay. And, you know, going from babies to grown men, all of you out there that are, uh, you know, all of you guys out there and some women too. I know women, actually, there are women that suffer from this, but mostly men. I'm sorry. This isn't a sexist thing. It's just fact. Guys, we suffer from this thing called baldness. Well, I don't want you to worry about it because guess what? In Japan, they hold a competition to celebrate it. No, I'm not kidding. And those of you, some of you already know this. More than 30 bald men gathered at a hot spring facility in Suruta City, Japan, Wednesday to show off their hairless heads and have fun. Members of the city's bald men club took turns competing in a unique game of tug of war by sticking a suction cup, which is attached to a single red rope to each of their heads. Then both sides attempted to pull the cup off their opponent's head. One particular participant said with a smile, my head still, oh, maybe I should do it. My head still hurts. I think I need to iso, iso it. I need to iso it. Miso, miso kurasai. Hayaku. Isogi. Masatomo Sasaki, a first-time participant at the tournament, said he used to feel insecure about his baldness, but now he feels differently. I feel proud. Or maybe I should say, I feel good about being a bald man. And he also added, and that is thanks to this bald man's club. The club, which has attracted roughly 65 members from all over the country since its founding in 1989, encourages people to view baldness in a positive manner, to have fun, and to brighten the world with our shiny heads. I love this. So the event is held every year on February 22nd, and um, I'm sure you can find more information about it by going to the Japan Tourist site I'm, I'm, or just looking up Japanese Bald Men Club. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, there's no link on here to it. So there you have it. Um, <laughs> I told you this is – I'm not joking about this weird stuff, man. It's crazy. So um, – Looking up here, okay. I lost my place. Where is it? I don't see it anywhere. Uh oh. Okay, so um, one of the things now, this is more of like the uh, actual paranormal stuff. So we were talking last week about the Mandela effect. Now, for those of you that are not aware or were not, you know, still not sure what that is, the Mandela effect is when 
a lot of people, massive amounts of people have a collective misremembering of something. Now that something can be an event. It could be a song. It could be a movie, something from a movie. It could be a person. It could be a title of something. I mean, there's no, there's no real limit to what it could be. Some examples of Mandela effect could be, for example, someone thinking that Berenstain Bears is spelled, they were, they remember it as being spelled B Berenstain S T A I N and not, and now now it's being spelled S T E I N or the other way around. And it's what I'm trying to, what, what is a little bit confusing about this is people think some people are seeming to think some of the fans were, were sending me messages saying, Oh, so this is something that just changed. In other words, they just rebranded it. No, 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 no. This is not, I'm not talking about a rebranding guys. I'm talking about, this has been a change from the, like as if what we remembered never happened. In other words, Think of it this way. Let's say all of a sudden, instead of the banner behind me saying Graveyard Shift Talk Show, it just says Graveyard Shift Show. Okay? And then you, of course, being loyal fans, and you've been watching us this whole time, you've always remembered it saying Grave from when I've had it, or even the show name, always remembered it saying Graveyard Shift Talk Show. Well, that's kind of what this is. So in other words, if you go back on old videos or something, you would just not even see the talk. You would say the show, and you would be like driving yourself nuts because you're thinking, now hold on a second. That's not what this show was called. It was always called the other thing. So that's what the Mandela effect is. If you're still confused, I don't know what else to tell you. I can't help you out. I mean, it, it took, I have to admit, it did take me a bit of time to understand this. It's a little bit confusing. So anyway, the reason why I brought this up is because, as I said in the beginning of the show, it's a very popular t- topic. I mean, a lot of fans messaged us and told us, Emmy, you got to do more of this stuff. I mean, I don't want to make a continuous, I mean, I might, I might actually do this. I might actually do a continuous, uh, like maybe a segment about it. And uh, that might be a thing, you know, cause it's a very popular topic and it's something that people really enjoy or not enjoy, depending on how you look at it. Well, the reason I brought it up is because, these things just keep popping up. Like there's a new, there's a new Mandela effect thing where people are saying that they very vividly recall the, the comedian uh, Sinbad being in a movie where he plays a genie. I'm not kidding. Now, many of you are thinking, Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. They're confusing this with, with Shaquille O'Neal. No, they're not. They're saying, no, they remember the Shaquille O'Neal movie. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, look up Kazam. And then I'm very sorry that you looked up Kazam. But anyway, um, so they remember that one. But they're saying that there was an actual movie that Sinbad was in. It may have been a, a Disney movie. It may have been a Nick Jr. movie. It may, you know, may have been one of these like straight-to-video deals where he actually played a genie. I'm sorry, my throat is really dry for some reason just because of all the talking. Anyway, so... One person in this uh, particular uh, conversation actually says that they have evidence of this. So I'm really interested. I want to see if this is true. And really, this to me wouldn't be that much of a big deal because there were so many straight-to-video movies done in the 90s. It would not be a surprise to me if Sinbad did something like this and it just bombed to like an insane degree. I mean, I would not be surprised if this happened at all. 
and, oh, by the way, Sinbad was contacted about this, and he said in no circumstance – he said this in his own way, obviously. And under no circumstances did he ever do any movie where he was a genie. But you know what? How many times do people forget stuff? I mean, these celebrities get chosen to do stuff all the time. Maybe it was an animated movie. Maybe it was a short commercial where he played a genie and whatever. I mean, it could be anything. So there you have it. Anyway, if I get an update, I'll let you guys know. But I'm sure you can look it up. Sinbad Movie Genie Mandela Effect. It's there. Now, as far as uh, celebrities are concerned, um, how many of you are fans of Weird Al Yankovic? Because I know I am. I'm a huge fan of his. Well, it turns out Weird Al is one of the most longest-lasting artists that are still in celebrity status from when they hit it that are still in celebrity now. Forty years ago, Weird Al began building his fan base, and he built it in radio. I mean, this guy, he's unbelievable. I've met him a few times. One of the nicest people you will ever meet. Very unassuming. He doesn't use his celebrity to get stuff for himself. He doesn't, you know, look down on you. Oh, you're just a fan. I'm not going to. No, he's not like that. He's a really cool guy. Well, you know, Weird Al would, the way he started out, and a lot of you asked me, well, I mean, how do I, how do I get into this business? How do I? I'm a musician. I'm, you know, how do I get my songs played? Well, you know what Weird Al did? He sent tapes to DJs. And, he, and because he did comedy songs, think about this for a second, okay? Because Weird Al did very unusual songs. He did not do your typical pop and rock songs and stuff like that. He did parodies. So he would have to find a niche for these. And if you, the only real, one of the main niche places or stations was Dr. Demento. And Dr. Demento is one of the most famous um, character, weird character DJs out there. There's others. Um, I guess you could call me one, although I don't really play a lot of comedy. Well, actually, I do. That's not true. But I'm nothing like him, okay? I'm not even close to his category. Um, anyway, so Weird Al would send parodies of stuff to Dr. Demento. And one of the first ones he sent was My Bologna which is, you know, a parody of My Sharona. And another one that he sent was Another One Rides the Bus, which, of course, is a parody of Another One Bites the Dust. And this just, it just took off from there. And, you know, now times have changed, right? So now it's like we've got podcasting. We've got everything is digital. And, um, you know, Dr. Demento was interviewed recently, and he said that the reaction today to Weird Al is a little bit different than it was back in the day. People actually are asking, my gosh, he's still around? Well, I hate to tell you something, guys. Not only is he still going strong, his most recent album, which is man- it was called Mandatory Fun, debuted at number one on the U.S. pop chart. Number one. It debuted. And he's been around for 40 years. Okay? And... I don't know. This is a comedy album. It's not like he was Beyonce or Janet Jackson or uh, I don't know, whatever. Uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Bruno Mars. This, this is somebody that was doing a parody album and it debuted at number one. I mean, uh, unbelievable. And you know, now the music industry is kind of transitioning. It used to be about album sales. Now it's about streaming. Now the, the, the name of the game 
of the numbers and money game is streaming. And Weird Al, it's, he's free of his record deal. So now he's thinking about what it means to be a veteran independent artist in 2017. And one of the things he was quoted as is saying is, my record contract is over, and I'm not anticipating signing a new one. So he's reportedly at work on a major career retrospective, one that will be released under a crowdsourcing-like model. And he says he envisions the future Yankovic to become a primarily singles-based artist. He was quoted as saying, I'm not saying the album is a dying format or that it's not a valid medium, but for me, it always held me back a little bit. I know that sounds a little ironic after coming off a number one album, but I have to stay true to what I think is the best way for me to get my material out. Chief among his concerns, this is, listen to this, is very interesting. The shelf life for a comedy song in the age of YouTube. Quoting him is, uh, or he's been quoted as saying, it's been frustrating in the past to have an idea for a song than to write and record it and have it sit in the can for a year until I have 12 songs to release all at once. In today's culture, he said, where people have a short attention span and there are 10 million people on YouTube doing song parodies and funny material, things, are, things age pretty badly and very quickly. So he goes on to say, for, him to, for me to be competitive at all, I think it behooves me to think more of myself as a singles artist going forward. I'm going to tell you something. I think he is dead on. I, I agree wholly, 100%. Because YouTube, for those of you that are on YouTube, and I know many of you are, look, you can't even, I mean, if you're going to get viral, you better get viral within like days or it's not going to happen. And it, and, and it still might happen, but it has to be like, you have to be really lucky that it's going to happen because people were going to, are going to have to like find you. They're going to have to, I mean, your tags are going to have to be really creative. I mean, I'm going to give you an example. Right now, what seems – one of the things that I'm noticing that are really, really popular are these parodies of anime, okay? And I'm going to actually talk about um, anime – well, actually, this is where I talk about anime. What am I saying? Uh, excuse me. Hold on one second. Now, what – excuse me. What I mean by parodies of anime is you have, for example, this group called Team Four Star, okay? Team Four Star – is and uh, many of you know who they are. Team Four Star is this group of guys and girls who do abridged parody videos of Dragon Ball Z. Uh, they do other stuff, but they're mostly known for Dragon Ball Z. Now, I actually got to speak to these guys many years ago, and they said they just did it as something just for for the hell of it. One day, they had no idea that it was going to get as big as it could as it did. They have millions of subscribers on there. Look them up. Just go to YouTube and look up Team Four Star and see how many subscribers they are. And I dare you not to get hooked. They are hilarious. These guys are so talented. They sound like the American voice actors for the characters Goku and Vegeta, Krillin and all. I mean, they actually sound like these characters. And what they do is they take the episodes of the of the of the show of Dragon Ball Z and they just, they dub over it with their own voices. They even in later episodes, they don't, I don't know if they do this in, I think they do this in the very beginning. Um, but they have like their own music that they put in. Sometimes they use the original Japanese music. Um, and it is the funniest stuff I've ever seen. Well, that became such a hit that someone else at about the same time, 
did their own version of Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged, uh, which is Little Karibo is the one who did that. That is, again, some of the funniest things I've ever seen. Those of you that saw Yu-Gi-Oh! when it first came out, you, you know, it, it has a special place in us geeks' hearts because, you know, we grew up with it. I mean, I kind of came onto it a little later because I was a little older when it came out, but of course I still watched it. Hello. It's anime. I don't even care that four kids did it. Uh, four kids meaning the company four kids, not four actual kids. Although I wouldn't be surprised given the quality that they did. Anyway, um, Little Karibo, it, he did. He does a great job with it. He starts out the show with just his voice. He didn't have sound effects because he didn't have the budget for it, I'm sure. And he probably was just learning how to do it. I mean, hello, if I started doing it, that's probably what I would have done. I'm actually considering doing something myself. Anyway, um, so he started doing that. And, it, and now he is like absolutely insanely popular. Same kind of thing, similar to Team Four Star. And if you look at some of the videos that are related to their stuff, like if you go on YouTube and you look at Team Four Star's videos, they have other videos like on the uh, on the what you know the suggestions for you, you know column. And the guy that I think he's the main person behind Team Four Star, he does his own show. Um, where he does the Fantastic Four, and he does, excuse me, he does Magneto's voice, and oh my God, I, I almost died laughing this morning. It was so funny. But my point in this extremely long rant is that this is the kind of stuff that is so is getting really popular, and people love this. They go online, they just salivate over it, they just they leech off of it, they love it, and this is what is out there. This is what people are watching. In fact, um, uh, Evan, Evan Bernardi, who is a brony and a dear friend of mine, he does his own parody of My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. He does like a kind of like um, a Mystery Science Theater 3000-ish type of show, but not really. It, it's, it's kind of a, a variety show of things, and, and it's just the way he does it is absolutely hilarious. And if you haven't seen it yet, you should. Um, just look up. I think it's MS. Actually, I'm not quite sure what it's called. Oh my God, he's gonna kill me. Um, I'm gonna look it up now because that's not fair for me to say him his name and then I don't even remember the name of the show off the top of my head because I have a very serious problem with my memory. MSB three three MSTG. Oh boy. Oh, oh wait, Brony Theater. Here it is, Mystery. I think it's Mystery Brony Theater. Four. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. It's called Mystery Brony Theater Four Thousand, and his name is Evan Bernardi. He does other. Um, he has other guys on there too. I don't know if it's okay to say their names or not, so I, I'm not going to because I'm not sure if you know they would want me to. But anyway, you could go on YouTube and look up Mystery Brony Theater Four Thousand. It's hilarious. These guys are extremely talented. And this is the kind of stuff that's popular, you guys. This is what you need to do if you are into this kind of stuff, um, including myself. Get to busy, Emilio. But anyway, that's what's happening. So, But this is the kind of thing I'm trying to talk to you guys about is these kinds of videos. You do them, and it's like if you don't get viral like that, then that's it. You're irrelevant, and it just – you're done. So there you have it. And Weird Al is one of those guys that – seems to always be in the know. He like he understands 
what he needs to do to stay relevant and stay because it doesn't matter that you have a number one album. Like I bet most of you didn't even remember that he had a number one album, right? I bet you anything. I mean, obviously you, those of you that are fans remember, but I'm talking about everyone else. We're like, Oh yeah, he did really. He did. So that's what I'm trying to say is like, you could be standing on the top of the mountain one day and the next day, who are you? So you just got to keep at it. It's never, you, you never ever stop working is my point. And that's the way it goes. Speaking of which, speaking of never stopping the work, how about those freaking robots in the robot apocalypse, right? I mean, when, you know, well, for those of you that are into the robot apocalypse and doomsday prepping, I've got some bad news for you. They are starting to be able to outrun us. Okay. Now there has been this, this robot that looks like a freaking spider called the Titan 13 and it's the scariest doggone thing i've ever seen i don't understand why they freaking invented it i just don't get it it's a four-legged insectoid robot and it looks like it was created by skynet but it was really created by researchers at the suzumori endo lab at big surprise tokyo institute of technology and and just why did they invent this? Oh, I'll tell you why. Because they wanted to prove that insect-like quadruped robots can move just as fast as their mammalian robotic counterparts. I, 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 why? That's not even a reason. That's like saying, bleh. Why are you building a robot? Bleh. Why do you want to build a robot? Excuse me, sir, Mr. Scientist. Yes. Why do you want to build a robot that is having Gatling guns for arms? So that's like the same, like, there you go. Anyway, a video of this killing death machine robot is, um, it's available. I'm sure you can see it. It shows itself slowly, menacingly into a, you know, it shows it going into a standing position amid long grass. It then breaks into a rapid spider-like crawl across the lawn before emerging from behind a tree like some freaking deathly tarantula thing. <sighs> I just, you know, the Matrix. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I really, I, I just don't. Ah! Whatever. <laughs> Stop building these damn things. Oh, I'm still waiting for you guys to let me know what Monopoly piece is going away. If you don't mind waiting until the end, neither do I. And I see you. I know you're here because I see you guys right there. There you are. One, two, three, four. There's a ton of you. There's hundreds of you. So you don't want to call in. That's fine. I'm just not going to tell you until the end. Ha <laughs> ha, because I'm evil. All right. Anyway, I'm going to go on break. When I get back, I will continue these weird stories. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'll take a phone call because I know people have been calling in. I just haven't been clicking it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Or am I? I might not be kidding. Oh, ooh, Emmy's not kidding. Okay. Anyway, here I go. I'll be right back after this. Don't change the channel. Put your warm feet on hold, Graveyard Shift fan. Our illustrious host, Emmy. Why the hell does he always say that word, illustrious? We'll be right back after this break with more shifty, yeah, like shitty, awesomeness. I can't believe this guy. Who the hell does he think he is? Um, oh, okay. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be right back.
Friday, Devel McLean was preparing a meal at her friend's house when her salad dressing fought back. I heard pop, 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 and I looked up and it was possessed. It was going crazy. It was shooting up in the air to the side. You heard that right. Devel says her Dorothy Winch salad dressing bottle exploded. It sounded like a firecracker going off in, in the house. How loud was it? <laughs> Real loud. After the big pop, she snapped these photos for proof, knowing that no one would believe her. Well, it's hard to explain. I was attacked by a bottle of salad dressing. I think he probably thought I was in the whiskey or something. It wasn't until later when Devel found out her dressing had been recalled. In a statement, Dorothy Lynch says a bacteria in their product is bubbling, causing the dressing to foam or even spew out. Go get a refund and just take it back. Don't even wait to see if it ticks. And if you do, open it outside. Give your kids something to play with. With damage to the carpet, the walls, a computer, and even her dress, she estimates $2,500 in total destruction from just a $3 bottle of dressing. From the depths of my toes to the top of my head, I will never read Dorothy Lynch again. That stuff is crazy. In Casper, Matthew Seedorf, K2 News. book really sucks. Well, hello there, avid reader. What the? Hello? Who's the... Are you talking to me? Yes, hello. Yes, I'm talking to you, Emmy. I'm your inner reading spirit. Inner reading spirit? <laughs> well, I guess anything's possible in marketing and promotions land. Yes, <laughs> that's the spirit. Get it? Yeah, sure. I get it. So, I uh, noticed you having a tough time finding something good oh, to read there. Yeah, I can't find a good book, really. Engages me as a reader, and, uh, well, most of the books I've been reading aren't really that good. Stories are all the same, kind of like they come out of a factory. Actually, Emmy, you're not far from the truth. Nowadays, most publishing companies fall prey to the formula book trap. Instead of taking a chance with new, talented authors, they play it safe and give their writers a formula to stick with and make it so that most of the books look and feel the hmm. same. Really? I guess that's true. I often have a hard time telling one author's book from another sometimes. Well, what if I told you I have the answer to your problem, Emmy? Well, I'd have to say you're falling without a parachute, mysterious No, no, not spirit. falling, flying, because that's what words are supposed to do. They're supposed to take flight in your mind. Words Take Flight Book has Words discovered the real formula. Words Take Flight Book, a publishing company that covers writing and editing for everything from mainstream magazines and independent comic books to Fortune 500 companies and wow. regional not-for-profit organizations, as well as working on a movie and book or two. It sounds like they have got a great selection. Oh, you're flying? Words Take Flight Book. Changes writers and readers' shared perception of themselves. Cool. You know, I always thought I would be a good writer, too. Maybe I could... Nah. Hey, don't give up. Keep flying. Because on the publishing end, Words Take Flight Books is giving a voice to new and established authors just like you. Visit Words Take Flight Books. Yeah. I think I will. Thanks, Inner Reading Spirit.
I'm going to do just that, and uh, how do I visit them? www.wtfbook.net Okay, so that's www.wtfbooks.net www.wtfbooks.net Cool. Wow, they do have a great selection of books. Awesome. Words take flight books. Denying limitations, define perception. Wow, words take flight books. Denying limitations, define perceptions. I get it. Broadcasting live from a war-torn battlefield, from atop a 200-foot-tall, last-of-its-kind woolly mammoth, driving a bunch of drunk zombies on their way to an all-you-can-eat super flesh buffet. Teaching a cat how to speak fluent Klingon. You're listening to the Graveyard Shift online radio talk show. And now, just finished from sucker-punching your country's ruthless dictator, because he's just that damn cool. Here's your illustrious host. Well, well, well. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the final part, the second and final segment of the Graveyard Shift Talk Show. Today is February 25th, 2017. By the way, this episode and season, as always, or as always this season, is brought to you by those beautiful, beautiful people at Business Sponsors at Words Take Flight Books, which you just heard the commercial during our break. You can visiting www.wtfbooks.net. And, um, I mean, they're, they're a great company. They've got lots of great stories, fantastic independent uh, authors. You know what? Not every, not every great story is, you know, in a mass market paper, paperback on, on, on shelves all over the place. Not, not always. And sometimes they are. But these guys have great, great stories. And if you don't take my word for it, go visit them now, www.wtfbooks. Net. All right, so I'm gonna. Um, I don't have a lot of time, but I just wanted to give you guys a few, a little bit of of sugar here. And by the way, I'm still not gonna reveal what the which Monopoly player token is being removed until the end. So if you guys don't want to call in and bid in, oh well, I guess you're gonna have to wait. So, and and I'm not gonna apologize 
Unlike, you see, look at how it connected. Unlike Toys R Us, who apologized after President Trump's border wall was mistakenly constructed. That's right. It finally happened. President Trump has built his wall. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't believe this actually happened. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just like, I, I, I don't know. I think that this is, um, this deserves like, right, here we go. That's right. It finally happened. There. I don't know if you guys can still hear me. I hope so. I'm going to test this. But anyway, Mexican soccer player Miguel Layun, who also defends for the Portuguese soccer club Porto, received an apology from Toys R Us after he posted a photo of what appeared to be a store display in Vila Nova de Gaia, Portugal, made up to look like a border wall between Mexico and the U.S. I'm not joking. This is real. And um, now, obviously, for him, this is very sad. Now, here's the thing. It's really a really, really stupid-looking wall. I mean, it doesn't even, like, I would not see it as that, but whatever. Um, obviously, they uh, they removed it, and the employees will be dealt with appropriately. <laughs> I guess they'll be deported. I don't know. But uh, there you have it. So... Let it be known, President Trump, that somebody beat you to your own wall, and it's in Toys R Us. So there you go. (laughs) And look, I can see right now, I can see several people in this picture. And I bet you that guy that's dressed in that that security officer uniform is not – he's not a citizen. I think somebody needs to at least question him. I don't know if something's wrong about that. Okay. Moving on. All right, all right. I only have a few minutes left. Okay. So, finally, which Monopoly player token is being removed? Because not one of you had the guts to call in. It is, drumroll, the Thimble. The Thimble is being taken away from Monopoly. New versions of Monopoly will no longer give players the option of using the little silver-colored Thimble as their player token or pawn on the board. And when you, while you might be complaining, this was decided by fans voting to drop the piece that had featured in the game, by the way, since 1935. This is, by the way, the second token that has been removed. The other one that was removed, for those of you that may or may not know, was the Iron the surviving pieces that trace their roots back to the Great Depression include, let's see if you remember, if you can name them, Battleship, a boot, and the Scotty Dog. The rest are not from the original. So there you have it. Thimble, it's nice knowing you. Um, by the way, players also had a chance to vote on the replacement for the pawn. The choices include monster trucks and flip-flops. And Hasbro plans to reveal what is going to replace the very famous piece next month. So there you have it, gang. That's going to be all for the show tonight. I want to thank all of you for watching and all of you guys that have been giving me all these beautiful likes on BidChat. I love you, all of you. I see you guys. I want to tell you I really appreciate it. I know I give you lots of grief about bidding, but I understand everybody has their reasons and whatever. But I know some of you actually... Those of you that donate but don't bid, thank you 
very seriously, thank you so much. I want you to know that because of you, all of those causes that you see listed, there are so many. I, I don't want to just say a few and miss others, but there's a ton of charities that are listed on my a profile page on BidChat. Every single one of those charities get a percentage of all of the donations that you guys give. And really, I want to tell you so I want to tell you how grateful my family and I are for all the financial support you've given to this show and to those charities. They, I'm sure, are very grateful to you guys because without you, these guys can't do anything. Or, Well, no, I don't want to say it like that. They can do stuff, but what I'm saying is they can do more thanks to you. So thank you very much, guys. I'll be here next week. Same time, Saturday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, blogtalkradio.com slash the graveyard shift. And if you're listening to us on the browser, on BidChat, it's bidchat.com slash graveyard shift. Or you can download the BidChat app on most app stores, and it's free. So there you have it. Thank you so much for listening, guys. This is Emmy from the Graveyard Shift. And I am punching out peace. radio.com slash the graveyard shift and our twitter feed hashtag emmy shift show to stay in the loop for future episodes until next time shifties we're punching out